This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the Dude. If you want to get your hands on some Hey Bartender Podcast merchandise, all you have to do is go to hey-bartender-podcast.myshopify.com and you can find all sorts of Hey Bartender t-shirts and other stuff and just some t-shirts with some wise-ass remarks on them. Kind of cool. But just remember, head over to hey-bartender-podcast.myshopify.com Dot com and use the checkout code hey dude to get 10% off your entire order yes 10% off your entire order go there now wait not now we're about to start the show Welcome back to Hey Bartender Podcast. I'm your bartender, the dude. Welcome back. Good to see you again. Have a seat. Relax. Let's see. What's tonight's drink special, everybody? You know what? I think we're going to drop the phone that I have the recipe on. Uh, we're going we're gonna to set you up today with something called Mermaid Mules. Uh, basically, get yourself a pounder glass. Pour yourself in a shot of vodka, half a shot of blue Caraco, uh, about a half a shot of lime juice. Fill that bastard up with a can of ginger beer. And for garnishment, put some limes, maybe some paper umbrellas. Make it look festive. I mean, come on, it's blue Caraco. It's a, it looks supposed to look like a pretty tropical drink. But, uh, you know, with the mixture of vodka and the blue Caraco, it probably has a nice... Uh, citrus feel with it, but with the ginger beer, I don't know. You know, a lot of these drinks are coming out nowadays with ginger beer in it. And I don't, uh, back when I was bartending, I didn't uh, see ginger beer all that often. It was all pretty much the standard domestics and imports. You had your Budweiser's, you had your Coors, you had uh, Miller's, and then you went to your uh, Deschutes Brewery, uh, uh, Windmere, uh, you know, it, it didn't see a lot of the flavored beers back then. And well, I don't think there was much of a market for it. I mean, back then there was, uh, you know, I think you had your orange flavored beers, but you know, it hasn't gotten up to the point where, you know, just recently I heard about a cookies and cream beer. Yeah. Cookies and cream beer. It's two different cans. One's the cookie, one's the uh, cream, and you're supposed to pour them together. And uh, it's supposed to taste like cookies and cream beer. And, you know, I've never been the type that would dip an Oreo cookie into a beer. But, hey, you never know. People have done stranger things. I mean, think of the person that figured out you can get milk from a cow's udder. What kind of crazy fuck was that guy? Anyway, how are y'all doing tonight? You know, I've been wandering around talking to various bartenders in all sorts of various bars. I've been going into the holes in the wall. I've been going into the corporate places. You know, this is just a warning for all you people out there. Uh, if you don't know what I look like and I start asking questions like, tell me a bar story or, you know, I want to know what your specialty drink is. You know, that might be the dude from Hey Bartender Podcast. You know, I you know I don't have a, a huge following just yet, but uh, it's you know it's coming. You know, and I appreciate, I love all of you guys that are following me and listening to this show. 
tell your friends, you know, let's sit down, let's hang out, let's talk for a little while. I'm trying to keep this thing casual. Uh, but, you know, I've been wandering around to every single bar uh, that I pretty much come around. And, you know, I start talking to the bartenders and I start asking them, you know, you know, tell me about your customers. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that one of these days that these bartenders, uh, we can find a little bit of time where I can have them on the show with me because I had fun, uh, talking with Shannon last episode and, uh, you know, I'd love a little bit more back and forth with some of these stories. And when the stories are new and fresh and coming from the horse's mouth about, you know, what happens at their particular bar, it's, well, to me, more uh, more interesting. You know, but today I'm going to throw in a couple things that uh, I witnessed back when I used to bartend and a couple stories that I've heard about in the last couple weeks. It's the strangest damn thing. Might be for the fact that I was talking to a lot of female bartenders because out where I live, there's a lot of female bartenders. And I think they do that on purpose because... It's a lot of blue collar workers out in this area, but uh, you know, you know what? Let's not get into that. Um, the thing, you know, when I start talking to these bartenders and I said, I asked them, you know, what type of customer sticks out the most when it comes to what you witness around the bar. And you know what came up? It wasn't the drunk. It wasn't the big time spender, the big time tipper. A lot of these girls would talk about the perpetual nice guy. They didn't say perpetual nice guy. That's just what I've decided to coin it. Uh, The perpetual nice guy. Now, for those of you out there, they're listening to this podcast that don't know what the perpetual nice guy is. You're probably one. Um, But, uh, you know, you guys, I'm not saying anything about you girls, you know, that will probably talk about you girls in a later podcast but the perpetual nice guy is the guy that will do anything and everything for people that he deems worthy cares about and you know if you don't realize that you have one of those people hanging or uh, you women don't realize that you have one of those guys hanging around your leg, you're part of the problem. Because guess what? This perpetual nice guy is the guy that would bend over backwards to make sure you're happy. Uh, And while you're staring out the leather-wearing alcoholic that's going to probably beat the shit out of you. But don't worry. The nice guy is going to be there to listen to you talk about it. here's Here's a couple things. Years ago, uh, I was bartending and, you know, I knew this guy was a perpetual nice guy. People enjoyed talking to him. He was always pretty friendly, had something to say. Wasn't incredibly outspoken, but if you hit on the right subject, uh, he'll talk your ear off. And, you know, he and I got along because, you know, he liked the Beatles. I liked the Beatles. And every once in a while, they uh, we tried to... Uh, one up each other on some kind of Beatles trivia, and I 
told him to kiss my ass one night because he asked me, uh, but you don't know what Paul McCartney's shoe size is. Why the fuck would I know that? But <clears throat> this guy, perpetual nice guy. I'd see him come in every once in a while with, uh, with a girl. And, you know, he'd be sitting, talking, laughing. But then all of a sudden, another guy would kind of dominate the conversation. Let's call him the alpha, alpha male, for lack of better description. This alpha male would come up and start talking to her. And then she would basically ignore him. Oh, well, you know, he didn't want to be rude. And so he just let it happen, you know, and uh, tried to get in a word every once in a while in the conversation. But, you know, he basically backed down to the alpha male. Okay, now, you people out there, you're probably thinking, God, what a wuss. But, you know, that that's also the sign of a gentleman. You know, not to be interrupting, not to try to step up. And because usually when the alpha male comes over and then the perpetual friend uh, tries to step in and say, excuse me, we were talking here. You know, they know that a fight's going to probably happen. And the the nice guy usually doesn't want to get into a fight. He just wants to be there and be cool, you know. But there I've witnessed it with this perpetual nice guy. He would sit there quietly. Maybe his mind would wander over to the little mega touch machine on the bar or he'd go play video poker, maybe put some music in the jukebox and, you know, just bide his time. Basically just let her talk to people because he's, he even said, Hey, we're not in a relationship or anything like that. We're just friends, but you could see it in his face that it was killing him. The whole idea that she just, you know, he came in with her the intention was to spend an evening with her. Maybe in his mind, it could have turned into a date. But she still, she just thought she was hanging out with a good friend. It, but, it, you know, the, you know, sorry about the long pause there. The whole idea that a nice guy will do, he will take a girl out, not say it's a date, but if it turns into a date, he's not going to mind it too much. You know, it's just all of a sudden, hey, cool, turned into a date. And But I don't know where the nice guy goes wrong most of the time because he opens the door for the girl. He uh, will go and get her her drink. He'll keep her company and ultimately be forgotten. And... You know, the girl that he was hanging out with, you know, she was, uh, she eventually stopped talking to the alpha male because the alpha male moved on you know, uh, to something else, whatever else. And uh, she started talking to him again. And eventually she said, well, it's time for me to go home. I got to go to work in the morning. Goes, okay, I'll take you home. And, you know, driving her home was, uh, oh, say about 10 miles out of his way, but you know, she had a lot to drink, him not so much. And so he was willing, you know, drive her home, make sure she gets home safe. You know, no kiss, good night, 
you know, just, um, you know, see you tomorrow or I'll text you or something like that. And she gets out of the car and goes into her house. He goes home, probably watches internet porn, you know, the usual nice guy thing. And the cycle repeats over and over again. This guy, I felt so sorry for him after a while because that same girl that he was hanging out with that night, she would uh, come into the bar on a regular basis with or without him, um, but usually give him a call or a text and say, hey, we're hanging out here. Um, Why don't you come out? You know, and if he had the night off, uh, he would. He'd just wander in. One time, I saw him come in. This was actually kind of funny. Um, I thought he was actually uh, getting the idea. You know what? I'm in the fucking friend zone. Uh, So, you know, screw whatever happens. And, you know, I don't know if anything ever actually happened between those two. But uh, because, uh, well, I usually don't butt into people's business like that. But one night he comes in and says, hey, the movie starts in 20 minutes. Uh, Let's go. She decided that she would rather play pool with another guy. A guy that was hanging out in the bar. I guess she had a crush on him before. And he wasn't single, but his girlfriend was out of town. And she goes, um, I've had a couple drinks and I'd rather just stay here. And I thought, oh crap, his night is ruined. He's going to probably sit in the corner and sulk. And, but he said, all right, fine. Uh, I'm going to go watch the movie. See you later. And the funny thing about that is probably while he was at that movie, uh, while he was trying to enjoy it, he probably received about six text messages uh, like, are you coming back? Are you mad at me? What did I do? You know, just that whole thing that those uh, self-absorbed or codependent women do since text messaging was invented, probably since cell phones was invented. And I didn't see him for the rest of the night. To me, that meant uh, he went and saw his movie and he just went home. He just said, screw it. (laughs) I don't want to deal with anything tonight. So I'm just going to go home. And so, you know, a couple days later, I, uh, I asked, I saw him and I asked him, you know, say, um, say, Hey, how you doing? He goes, Hey, I just watched this movie the, the other night. So, oh yeah. I remember you're saying about that. How was that movie? We sat and talked about it for a little while and, you know, uh, in, you know, uh, sounded like a good movie, something that I'd want to see. And then, uh, all of a sudden the girl, he gets a text message and the girl says, where are you at? And he says, well, I'm over visiting the dude. And she goes, well, come get me. And he does it. He actually says, I'll be right back. And gets in his car, drives 15 miles out of his way, takes you know time out of his night to go pick her up and bring her back. And you know what? It wasn't so that they could spend time together. It's so that she could see that other guy she was shooting pool with the other night. And that annoyed him. 
I could see it in his face. He's just, he is just like, motherfucker, what the hell is wrong with me? And, you know, brilliant thing about this guy, you know, some guys don't snap out of it. You know, they just keep thinking, if I just keep biding my time, she'll see what kind of a nice person I am. And eventually she'll get the idea. And, but this guy realized this is never going to happen. And this is horseshit. He even told me about one time where she called him up while she was on a date and said, uh, you know, can you, uh, come pick us up and take us to Taco Bell? We're too drunk to drive. And he said, uh, no, too tired. Just got off work. And I guess she threatened to never talk to him again. We're no longer friends. This, you know, uh, I can't believe you treat me like this. And, uh, but props to that guy because he finally realized that he had to stand his own. This woman was using him. They had never been intimate in any way, shape or form. He just liked her. And it's in, she thought of him as a friend, but didn't like him in that way back, but never told him she let him on. And okay, let's take a break on that right now. I am not saying in any way, shape or form that all women are like this. I am not saying in any way, shape or form that no human, that all humans are like this. But this guy just happened to find one of them. And, you know, at first you felt sorry for him, but you didn't want to do anything because he had to figure it out on his own. He is being used. Sure, some of his friends were like, uh, you know, you really shouldn't do this much for her. Well, yeah, but she needs a little bit of help. She's having a hard time right now. And... You know, it's what was that episode of Friends uh, where where they were uh, talking about, uh, you know, what it actually what relationship sayings actually mean? It's like what was Chandler's thing? He said, uh, like when a girl says you're such a nice guy, means I'm going to be dating leather wearing alcoholics and complaining about them to you. So I think I even got that pause right. Yeah, that was a pretty good Chandler. But, um, you know, he was able to get his mind straight. After a while, he he found himself a girlfriend. And the other girl got pissed because he wasn't spending time with her anymore. And he's just like, uh, you got a boyfriend. I just found myself a girlfriend. I would really like to spend time with her. And so, I'm sorry, you're no longer a high priority. And I was just like, you are the man. You're the man. You know, because he was able to uh, take take that and say, I'm, I'm done. You know, I'm done following you around like a goddamn puppy. You've got a boyfriend and you keep insisting me that I hang out with you and your boyfriend as the third wheel. No, I'm done. So... Guys, if you're listening, if you realize that you're in a situation like that, 
or in a situation with a girl that you have feelings for. Now, key word, you have feelings for. Your bartender is not going to smack you across the head and say, look what you're doing to yourself. How much money have you spent on that girl? And you've gone nowhere. Some guys are just looking for that friend. But you can tell, a bartender can tell, when one person in the relationship is there, but the other person is not. And Because we see these personalities all the time. We don't have to look through the beer goggles. We don't have to study. It's right there. It should be a big fucking neon sign. Also, am I saying that men shouldn't be gentlemen? God, no. No. Men should always be gentlemen. Open the doors for women. Open the car doors for women. Pull out a chair for a woman. Uh, You know, do all those things. That doesn't matter. But, I mean, sure, yeah, every once in a while you're going to run into that one girl that says, don't hold that door for me, I'm liberated. If a woman says that to you, I highly suggest you go, yes, sir, and salute her. Uh, because a woman that says that to you is taking away your right to be a gentleman, to be a good guy. And in, in, in situations like that, I've seen girls open themselves up when they say that they're liberated like that. They all of a sudden open themselves up to date the biggest fuck up on the state in the state and you know i'm going to fix him and well good luck with that meanwhile nice guy is sitting there who doesn't necessarily need fixing that anybody can really see however you know emotionally internally this nice guy is tearing himself apart going what the hell am i doing wrong I mean, I do everything. And this girl just isn't getting this, getting the idea that, you know, I'm crazy about her. And, you know, what's a guy supposed to do? And there's this other bartender that was telling me that this guy did everything, everything in the world to be nice to her, pay her bar tab, drive her home, help her with, whatever home improvement thing. I mean, he went way above and beyond what a guy friend should do. And, uh, I, I think he even went to the point where she was on a date one night and in order to make it okay for him to hang out with them, with her and her date, he went, uh, he went along with it when she said he's gay and he wasn't gay, but he's like, well, fine, if, you know, if it means that I can, you know, hang out, I'll, you know, pretend I'm gay. And I, when I, when the bartender told me about that story, I was just like, oh my Lord. And, you know, don't change yourself like that. And I mean, if you are gay, be gay, you know, you have that right, be happy, but don't change who you are just to make her life more comfortable because ultimately she's using you. She, it, when a guy is in the friend zone, I think Chris Rock said it best. 
it's more like it's more like a break glass in case of emergency. It's like if all of a sudden you find yourself single one night, you're dying to see a movie, but you don't have anybody to go, you got the nice guy. Crash! Break that window. Come on, nice guy. We're going to go uh, watch a movie together. Nice guy will do it. Because the nice guy is probably also begging for attention and lonely. One of my more favorite stories that a bartender once told me, she uh, said she was bartending and this girl was sitting at the bar with her guy friend and started going off saying, I guess she just had a recent breakup is how it went. I, I don't know. And uh, she's like, how come I can't find any nice guys? And the nice guy sitting next to her didn't flinch. I guess he just really didn't care at that point. He was probably numb to the whole situation. And, you know, so how come I can't find any nice guys? And the bartender, she said that she wanted to smack her across the face and goes, there's one sitting right next to you. He's the guy that drove you here. And he picked you up from work and just, just to hang out with you. And, but of course she didn't. And she, she just used the typical bartender line. Oh, there's a bunch of people out there. And, you know, don't, you'll find somebody someday. And it, it was just funny because the, the girls sit, sit there night after night after night saying, uh, saying things like, wish I could find a nice guy to a perfectly nice guy sitting right next to her. A couple other things that I've uh, heard in my time uh, is like when a girl says to an, uh, to a guy, if we're not married by a certain age, say the girl says, if we're not married by 45, we're getting married. Okay. Ladies, let me tell you something. That is not a compliment. That is far from it. In fact, that is the exact opposite of a compliment. So, but if I'm not married by 45, I'll just marry you. That means at 45, you plan on giving up on finding anybody and expect that good friend of yours to be single. You expect them to be single. I'll, you know, I have to say that twice. And they will drop everything and just marry you. You've given up on finding Mr. Right. You're just going to settle for that guy. And, you know, I've never seen a guy take that well. And it, it's just like, okay, mm, uh, I guess. And uh, I... I would sometimes walk over to the guy and say, you know, for your sake, I really hope you're not uh, single by 45 because her saying that is a huge insult. And he's like, well, hey, you know, maybe by the time uh, we're both 45, I'll be thinking the same thing. You know, maybe she'll turn her life around. You know what? Who's to say what's going to happen? Bartenders are not clairvoyant. Uh, however... We can read the room. And at that 
point in time, I could see that she had set a goal for herself. I must be married by 45. I can't find anybody nice, so I'm just going to settle for you. And, you know, if any guy said that to a woman, I don't picture that going that going very well, no matter what the woman's self-esteem is. And it's what, you're just going to settle for me? And, you know, you go through that, uh, that whole banter that I've seen and heard so many times. And, you know, you know, so ladies, let's get that out in the open right now. If you make some kind of decision like that, don't say it out loud. Of course, it's kind of tough when you got your old pal tequila. Your old pal tequila will make you say, do anything that pops into your mind. Or even if it doesn't even pop into your mind, it's just impulsive. And it's it's a horrible, horrible thing to say to a guy. Especially a nice guy. Because, sure, he's doing everything to try to help you be happy. And staying single for however many years it takes you until you're 45 is, you know, if the guy actually does it and says, okay, I'll just sit here and wait in case you're single by the time you're 45, we'll get married. That guy deserves a medal along with a conk on the head with a big baseball bat. In this other bar I went to, this woman, she, she said, the nice guys are usually the most entertaining stories. And I said, well, tell me one of your favorites. And she said, there's a nice guy came in and he would always be with this one girl. But this, uh, this one girl would, well, she wouldn't treat him like shit, but if she found somebody, she uh, found somebody attractive that she wanted to go talk to, all of a sudden he wasn't there. But if he left for any reason, rhyme or reason whatsoever, she was on her phone text messaging immediately. Where the hell are you? You know, uh, why did you leave? Are you mad at me? And, uh, you know, so one night, uh, I guess, according to this bartender, I guess the guy that this girl was attracted to, um, I guess they had some kind of fight or something like that. Uh, uh, I couldn't really, I can't really remember how she explained it, but they weren't really talking. And I guess she, uh, what this girl did is call up her nice guy friend and say, Hey, let's go to the bar. And, uh, let's go to the bar and hang out. And she's like, well, okay, let's do that. When the guy showed up at her house, she was dressed to the nines. I'm not saying like evening gown and jewelry and stuff like that, but a really nice blouse, a really nice skirt, and makeup done perfectly. And he, uh, he noticed of course, but the guy was a t-shirt and jeans kind of guy, you know, and immediately I, the nice guy figured out what was going on. He's like, Oh crap. 
And uh, this is this happens in multiple situations, not just the bar situation. I've seen it happen dozens of times, uh, especially in high school. Uh, the girl dressed to the nines to go to a specific bar and hang out with a guy, her nice guy friend, because that he knew she knew that he would be available and he would do it um, just to make the guy that she was interested in jealous. So she put her, once they got to the bar, she let's sit over here, which happened to put her on display in front of the guy that she was interested in. And luckily, according to this bar, according to the bartender I talked to, she said, luckily he took, he saw what was going on damn near immediately and got up and went over and started talking to her and said, I think I'm being used. She goes, well, why, why, why do you think that? Look at the way she's dressed. Look who's over there. She is here for a reason. And I just brought her over here. You know, uh, this is bullshit for me. And the bartender agreed. And she goes, you know what? I'm really, really glad you realized that. Because I saw that. And that's a, a trick in many of women's book to do. To try to make the guy that she actually is interested in jealous and you know you know kudos to that guy for realizing what was going on so he pretty much <clears throat> ignored her for the rest of the night went and talked to her other friends but he was too nice of a guy to just say you know what i'm tired i'm going home you're on your own no nope. he stuck it out until last call and when she said Okay, I'm ready to go home. He put her in the car, opened the door for her, and put her in the car, and he drove her home. And odds are, the whole way back, he had to listen to a, the story on how big of a schmuck he is, or the the guy that she's interested in. He didn't say a word to me. He was being a jerk, you know, and, you know, another famous woman phrase that I wish would go away. Why can't men more be like you? And you just, well, you don't have to look for a man like him. He's right there. And, but some girls are like, oh, I couldn't date you. You're like my little brother. And which is another insult. Sorry, ladies, but yeah, it is. It's not like Back to the Future where Elaine uh, kisses Marty and uh, says, it feels like I'm kissing my brother. No, no, it's not like that. You know, th th that there's no incestual comedy going on. It's, I haven't even gone anywhere with you and your family. And, okay, I'm glad you trust me that much. But, you know, I was hoping for something else. Anyway. So, another story uh, that this one bartender told me. This story depressed me a little bit. There's a girl that came in. 
nice as can be. And she had a boyfriend, decent guy, I guess, according to the bartender. And she would see them on a regular basis. It was, and it seemed like one of those relationships where he had control. But she didn't seem to mind. I mean, maybe she likes the guys that take control and that sort of thing. And every once in a while, as couples will do, they'll have a fight. And, you know, it just happens. All couples have fights. I don't care how much in love you are. Well, maybe being in that much love makes you put, uh, put you into a fight. And uh, all of a sudden, they didn't see her for a little while. And I guess the guy came in and said that they called the whole thing off. I, I guess they were really getting serious, but then they had a, the fight to end all fights. <clears throat> and uh, he said, "We're calling the whole thing off. It, you know, I think we're done." And it, you know, too bad for that. But then the girl would come in with uh, other girlfriends every now and then, and you know, just not be in the mood for a relationship. And so she wouldn't really talk with other guys. If she had guys that were friends there, yeah, she talked with them. But um, usually those guys, I guess, were married. And then uh, she disappeared or just didn't show up as frequently for a little while. And you know, maybe I, maybe the bartender would see her once every couple weeks, maybe on a Friday or a Saturday, but she just all of a sudden disappeared for a little while. One day comes in with a completely new guy and she, according to the bartender, those two looked happy, you know, and you know, the bartender didn't approach her or talk to her anything about it that day, but uh, she just noticed that the guy was completely enamored with this girl and she was nothing but smiles. And, uh, you know, it was just something that, you know, looked really nice. And, you know, they just came in, had one drink and left. And, not much later after that, according, like I said, according to this bartender, she said all of a sudden she comes in with her ex-boyfriend and they decided to work everything out. So the bartender couldn't help but wonder what happened to the other guy. And, you know, it's just, is he in a ditch somewhere or... Uh, you know, what happened? Oh, just, we decided to work it out and, you know, uh, I'm going to stay friends with the other guy. I, you know, one of those speeches and so, you know, it, you know, what, what happened to that guy? What was the point of that guy you know, bringing him into the bar and the bartender started just wondering, is so was the point? Just to show them off in here? Get somebody to notice that she's seeing somebody? 
make the other guy jealous? Or, you know, well, it, it was a holiday. You know, they needed, to, uh, they needed to drink. But, you know, whatever happened to that other guy? He seemed like a nice guy. Guess not nice enough. Guess she probably should have swiped left. But, you know, that's how sometimes relationships go. Bartenders witness uh, this sort of thing all the time. In fact, that's the number one question that bartenders... You know what? I'm going to throw hairstylists into this at the same time. There's things that people will tell their bartender and their hairstylist that they would never tell a psychologist. It's advice on relationships. And, you know, being, you know, being the age I was when I was bartending, I'd constantly remind these people, look, I'm in my 30s, I'm single, I'm not the kind of guy you want to ask about relationships. You know, go find somebody else. And they're like, well, you know, you're honest. I appreciate it. But at least give me some advice on what to do about this. There's one uh, one guy comes in and he is down in the dumps and he just couldn't uh he looked like he was having a hard time holding uh holding everything together. And so I walked over to him and I said, "Hey man, what's going on?" And he goes, "Man, I've had a rough day." And I said, "Uh have a seat. Have a drink. Oh, there's nobody in the bar right now. Go ahead and go ahead and spill your guts. Bend my ear. Normally, I wouldn't uh, let people do that because I'm too busy. And when people have problems like that, they uh, want a lot of attention. <clears throat> but I didn't have a lot of uh, a lot of customers that night, so I give them a little bit more attention than usual." I said, come on, tell me your problems. And then, you know, mindlessly start wiping the bar down like every other TV show out there. And he said, I woke up this morning. The wife had left uh, to go spend time with her mother and took the kids with her. And on the kitchen table was divorce papers. And I said, oh, that's got to hurt. And he said, yeah, and she didn't give them to me. I wasn't served. It was just, boom, there they are with those little things on it pointing out where he should sign. And he says, I don't know what to do, man. I, you know, I know we were having a little bit of trouble. I'm trying my hardest to make ends meet. And, you know, I just don't, you know, I just don't see what's going on. And so he, I let him talk about it a little bit longer. He had a lot of details, very personal to him. I won't get into it. And after a while, I sat back and I said, you know what I think you should do? And I said, but I prefaced it with uh, really quickly. Uh, you know what I think you should do? Now, you don't have to listen to me. Because this might be a really, really bad idea. And he goes, okay. And I said, sign him. She didn't approach you about it. And 
she didn't really do it. You know, she didn't give you any warning. She just left the papers there and left. Sign them and go to bed. And he's like, are you sure? And I said, no, of course I'm not. I've never been married. I've never been divorced. So, but something in the forest tells me that uh, you should just sign them and see what happens. And uh, so he said, maybe you're right. And I said, maybe I'm wrong too. Really think about this. And he, we started having a laugh and got his mind off of it for a little while. This this guy was a nice guy, a real family man. Uh, loved his kids and loved his wife. But uh, I guess she wasn't happy. And so he, when he went home that night, he sat down at the kitchen table and started signing. Supposed to sign here, supposed to sign here, supposed to sign here. And I run into him a week later and he goes, you know what, man? And I said, what? And he said, you called her bluff. And I said, I didn't call her bluff. You did. What happened? And he said, I went home, picked up the papers, signed every single space that I was supposed to. And like you said, went to bed, didn't sleep a wink. She... Uh, I heard her come into the house and she went and slept with the kids in their bedroom. But when I woke up the next morning, she, she wasn't awake yet. Neither were the kids. I woke up, looked on the table. There were the divorce papers, but it had a new note on it that said, we need to talk. And I wrote on there, we can talk when I get off work. And then when I got off work, we left the kids with the grandparents and we went and had a long conversation over dinner. It's like everything that was upsetting her, everything I was doing that was getting on her nerves, she finally let it out. And I, I said, did you get a word in? And he said, oh yeah, I threw in a couple things, that, you know. But apparently I do a lot of annoying shit. And after she called me on it, I started realizing, yeah, that's pretty fucking annoying. So, uh, you know, we made a couple compromises. We made a uh, couple vows and everything's just fine right now. And I said, well, you know what? Good for you. And I'm happy for the both of you. And then I asked, where's she now? And she goes at the grandparents with the kids and so I just decided to come out and have one or two and uh, then head home. And I said, all right, cool. So he and I just sat and BS'd about a couple other things that night. And he stuck to his word. He had two and then he went home. Easy peasy. Now, uh, that story, I'm not sure where it is now. But you know what? Why don't I leave it there and pretend like it's a happy ending? Won't that be nice? Let's play some music. Uh, this band uh, I found on Bandcamp. You can too. They are called The Seesaw from their album Couch Crisis. Here is The Seesaw with Cold Sweat.
That was the Seesaw from Salzburg, Austria. Oh, get some international good music on here. I like that. Uh, if you want to hear more of their stuff, I'm sure you can find them on all forms of social media. Uh, you can find them on bandcamp.com. Just uh, search out the Seesaw, and their album is Couch Crisis. And the name of the single we played today was Cold Sweat. Yeah, go over a couple more things about nice guys. You know, uh, the nice guys, you know, they don't always finish last. They don't finish first, but you know, they don't always finish last. Bad things don't always happen to them. There's been a number of times where I've seen a nice guy be lucky enough where they have that girlfriend of theirs say, you know, try to. Find, help them find a girlfriend. They sit back and say, we need to find you a nice girl. And so they'll sit back and say, oh, this guy, he's uh, such a gentleman and he will do this for you. He will do that for you. Wait a minute. That's stuff that I like. I need a nice guy. Get away from him. He's mine. And, you know, some girls... You know, that realization does actually happen. I'm not saying hold a candle out for somebody that you're interested in or you have a crush on because, you know, a lot of the times that could be a huge, huge waste of your time. But, you know, sometimes it does happen where all of a sudden that girl that you're hanging around just all of a sudden realizes what the fuck and you know i wait a minute i've been looking for a guy that does this does that and does this other thing and he's right there and oh my god what have i been doing and you know so just don't hold a candle but be good enough to recognize when you're when something good is about to happen and you know, be nice all the time, you know, come on guys. I mean, it's not that hard to open up a door for a woman. It's not that hard to do something nice for a woman. And by all means, should you give up one day and just say, you know what? I'm done. You know, I'm no longer going to be that nice guy. I keep getting used No, keep being who you are because that is who you are. You don't need to change for anybody, anyone, anywhere. And, you know, if something bad happens, sure, it's going to throw you into a pit every once in a while. But you are able to grab yourself, pull yourself back out. There, I mean, there's over 8 billion people in this world If you split it right down the middle, there's 4 billion women, 4 billion men. The odds of you finding somebody that is compatible with you or sees you for who you are, guys, is really good. And if you're bisexual, you have no excuse whatsoever to find happiness. Thanks, Christopher Titus, for giving me that line. That that was actually a very profound thing that he said. 
Anyway, people, it's last call for alcohol. Yes, we are done for the day. If you don't come up to the bar and get your drink, you ain't getting shit because the waitress is off duty. And I'm not going to wander out there and pick up uh, and bring your drinks to you. I got business up here. Uh, so I'd like to just remind all of you guys, follow us on Facebook. Go to uh, follow us at Hey Bartender Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Hey Bartender PO1. Follow us on Instagram, Hey Bartender Podcast. If you want to send me an email, send me an interesting story. Send me a picture of a drink that you make. Send me a joke. Send me anything. I don't care. Send it to heybartenderpodcast at gmail.com. And just be aware, if I read it, odds are it's going to be read on here. So, you know, feel free to redact or change names of the innocent. Uh, There's also the Hey Bartender Podcast store. That's hey-bartender-podcast.myspotify.com. You can find some really groovy Hey Bartender Podcast merchandise and some funny shirts. But anyway, I think that's going to be it for the day. As usual, I would like to quote my hero, Billy Joel. I just want to wish you all lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness. And you know what? Don't take any shit from anybody. Good night. Felt so good I had the-